Hello and welcome to the latest briefing from Heart Standard. My name is Joel Skett and I'm joined by my colleague James Kearney. We are going to talk about a couple of things. We're going to talk, uh, look ahead to the January transfer window coming up and we are also going to discuss something that we both wrote this afternoon regarding what is the best system for Hearts at the moment and what is does that best system look like with the the 11 players who would play it. So a couple of things to chat about first, but we'll dive straight in. And I want to talk about Kevin Van Veen because he has been linked with a move back to Scotland. I think uh, a few teams have been looking as like, well, that's a, that's a potential option for, for January to get a, add to the attacking ranks. And then it's been confirmed today by his Dutch side, Groningen, that uh, he will return for an indefinite period because... He will assist his, uh, if they, they, if they use this, term, uh, this phrase, heavily pregnant girlfriend during the birth. So that's a big thing uh, Van Veen spoke. I think, I think he spoke to the Scottish Sun uh, earlier this month when he said that things were not going great at, uh, since he's moved to Groningen in the, the, the summer. He's had to be fallout with the manager and that his missus is still back in Scotland and, and pregnant. So it ended one of the the lines in the the, the statement was um, that it's unclear when Van Veen will return to Groningen. So there could be a chance he might return to Scotland uh, for a longer period if uh, in January. And just want to ask you the question is, would he be someone that Hearts should consider just because Stephen Naismith spoke recently, I think he spoke to Barry Anderson and even News and told him that the, the plans were for I know Hearts will uh, for to bring in a right back because of Atkinson's injury and Afaya's um, issues, and he's gone back to Brighton. You mentioned that when we spoke about it earlier on this season about where Hearts should look to strengthen in the in January, and they also mentioned so that's a priority. But he also mentioned about looking at uh looking at another option in attack. So James Van Veen, yes or no? One hundred percent, yes, absolutely. It'd be absolute madness to turn him down. If, if if the money's there and he he would be up for it, then yeah. Um, to be honest, I'm still looking back at last summer when he left Motherwell. I'm still amazed that he didn't end up at Celtic or Rangers. Personally, I think that, that some people might think I'm overegging it. Okay, he's not going to start every week, but as a sort of second choice striker at Celtic or Rangers, he's absolutely good enough to do that. He's good enough to start for Hearts, Pibs, Aberdeen, anyone else in the league, in my view. I mean, let's let's not forget. You know, this is a guy who, what, 31, 32 years old uh, Dutchman who was carrying that Motherwell side for such a long spell last season. I mean, we talk mm-hmm. about the fact that Hearts don't have pace in this team. You know, Motherwell didn't have pace in their team, but it didn't matter because you could just knock the ball up to Van Veen and because he's better, he can control a football better than anyone else. So he's just going to get past you anyway. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. <laughs> you know, so like, yeah, I, I, I think he's a wonderful player. Um, I think that anyone in the Premiership would be lucky to have him, personally. Um, oh, yeah, there's, there's going to be a, a number of teams uh, that are looking at it and thinking, yes, please. Yeah, sure. Presumably, basically, everyone is going to be at it and going, like, where can we find the money for this? Because, you know, that, that'd be a great sign. I guess the one thing that might work in the favour of, for instance, Hearts, Hibs, Motherwell, and maybe even someone like St Mirren would be the fact that you'd assume his partner's probably in the central belt, you'd imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Again, so that might make you know prospect of schlepping up to Aberdeen, for instance, not particularly attractive, perhaps, which is um, which is definitely an interesting factor because obviously you know you look at Aberdeen and Miofsky could easily be away in January or perhaps even Duke as well. They might be in the market for a striker. 
So yeah, there's a few different moving parts and all the rest of it, but yes, would, would I like to see Kevin Van Veen at Hearts? Yes, I would. Um, I think you put him into starting 11, he makes the team better straight off the bat. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm in full agreement with you, though. One thing I would say about the, the, the surprise that Celtic and Rangers didn't go from, I just think he's his age. It's just his age profile. That's probably part of it, yeah. But I mean, uh, it's, it's uh, the same thing that we've, your Hearts fans have been saying a lot of summer with regards to Shankland. Is that part of it becomes like, there's perhaps a little bit of snobbery there on behalf of the yeah. firm that they don't like going for, they don't want to sign a guy from Motherwell or sign from Hearts. They'd rather sign, you know, a three and a half million pound striker from the, from Serie A or whatever it might be, you know, it's like, it's, you know, signing like someone like Shankland or Van Veen, that's maybe not quite as sexy for them, but I mean, I think, yeah, Shankland and Van Veen are two absolutely brilliant strikers. I'd love to see them in the same team together. It'd be absolutely brilliant to watch. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's one where I just, I just thought he in the summer fell between, um, kind of fell between the different clubs because he's probably too old for Celtic and Rangers to, to mm. part with cash for him. And then, I just think Motherwell probably would have asked for more from someone like Aberdeen Hearts or Hibs than they would have from from from, from Grona thing. I, I, I yeah. think there would be there would have been a premium on top of that, and you just wonder if the either of those three teams would have been able to to afford not just his transfer fee, but I'm guessing a, a decent wage as well. So he did go back to uh, to the Netherlands, and this was after a season in which he scored, I think it was 29 goals in 44 games. He was a real uh, key reason why Motherwell didn't get embroiled in a relegation battle and were, were, were safe towards the end. He was almost a one-man wrecking ball at times in, in the final third. And it's not as if he's gone to Groningen and failed. He's scored 15 and 14, sorry, 15 and 14, not, not quite. He scored five and 14 games in the second tier in, in, in the Netherlands. But what Van Veen gives you is he does, he has, despite being 30, 32, you think oh, I might be uh, slowing down, but he does give you that option in behind. And I just think he would, I just think he would, he would, he would be able to stretch teams. And he's, he's someone who is different to, what Hearts have at the moment in Boyce and Shankland and Tagawa's, which I'll come on to in Tagawa in a second, mm. with uh, Boyce and Shankland want to come towards the ball. They want to get it into feet. They want to combine. Van Veen's happy to, he'll do that. He'll come to the ball, but he was happy to pick up the ball, turn and run. He's happy to run in behind for uh, chances. He has got an X factor where he can drift out and he can take on players and he can he, he scores goals from outside his box. He scores goals from in, inside the box. He is a, he's a multifunctional forward who can lead the line on his own. He can play in a partnership. He can play in a three. He can play off a striker. He's done, he, he's, he's done all that at Motherwell. They, they brought in John Abika. I think so. A lot of There was a lot of reliance on Van Veen at the start of the season mm. and last season, and then they brought in Abika. Abika was able to almost uh, kind of be a, a distraction for defenders, and that freed up space for Van Veen to just kind of play off the cuff. And that's the that's the type of striker he is, and he's just he would add physicality. I think no Hearts fans want a lot of uh, a bit more physicality in the final third, and the way Hearts are playing is having so much of the ball and having pushing teams back he would push teams back further and then he allows for crosses into the box and he is a big guy so he can he can fling the ball up to him if you want and he'll win aerial duels shanklin does that as well but he's um i think he's more physically imposing uh, in terms of height than than shanklin and then importantly i think he'd be a useful 
even if it's a short-term option, because we have we've, we've spoken about Tagawa before. He's came in, scored against Thistle, played a couple of games, had still not used, got up to the speed of the Scottish Premiership, had his injuries. He's been signing a three-year deal, so yes, there's an expectation for him to come in and, and, and do well, but you have to remember that players coming from abroad take time to settle, and, mm. and we might not see the best of him until next season, whereas Van Veen coming in takes that pressure off Tagawa having to come off the uh, the bench and um, come off the bench and uh, <laughs> trying to find the right words. It takes the pressure off uh, Tagawa to um, have having to produce and be something different. No, absolutely. You know, I think that's the thing as well about someone like Van Veen is we know he's already perfectly acclimated to the league. He can come in. You should. Presumably, he'd hit, hit the ground straight straight off the bat and just make it, uh, hit the ground running. They'd be absolutely fine. Do you know I mean, to be honest, he's just one of those guys where I mean, when I think of Van Veen, I think of like uh, I mean, it was like old towards the end of last season when he went on that streak where he got was it twelve or thirteen goals in a row, which is the most anyone had scored in the league for a long time or mm. something, something like that. And I remember during that streak, he scored one goal where it was like a, a long ball just hooked out from the defence up towards him. He was about fifty yards out. He had two more defenders in front of him. He just plucked the ball out there with his first touch, dribbled forward a little bit, absolutely rinsed the second one, and then scored. And you just think those are the kind of, you know, it's just it's, it, those are the kind of uh, moments that not many players in Scotland can do that full stop, mm. you know. And you think if you can get someone like that into your team, because like you say, he's not particularly fast, but he's got he's strong enough. But yeah, he's got that. It's that first touch, that invention. That that's what means he's actually good enough to get in behind because he can. Very quickly throws his defend his opposition defender off balance, and then all of a sudden he's in. So, no, nah, again, I think a lot of the, I think a lot of Van Veen, I think he's an absolutely brilliant player. Uh, it'll be fun to see him have him back in Scotland, no matter what. Anyway, it'd just be good to have him back here. But obviously, if if Hearts were able to find a few quid down the back of the sofa, this is probably a good time to spend it. I'd argue. And so, uh, uh, Source Network are on YouTube asked a question like, we should, get, or it makes a point we should give Mackenzie Kirk a gig uh, first. And then, um, so what if, why is Van Veel available then if he's such an outstanding steal? I think, in terms of those, you can probably group them, uh, group them together. So, with Mackenzie Kirk, I know he's, he, he's, he's got his goal record in at Hearts B is, is phenomenal. Uh, he's did an interview with Hearts TV. In the last couple of days, where uh, where he spoke about his development, the thing about Mackenzie Kirk is, having watched him, in my in my opinion, I'm not sure he's ready for the jump up to become a Hearts first team player just yet. I think I think there is a step in between for him, just as as a striker to uh, acclimatize to uh, the SPFL, uh, for example. Mm-hmm. And I, I can understand why fans are really wanting to. Wanting to see him because he see this guy in the academy scoring loads of goals, but there's a lot, be a lot of pressure on him coming up and trying to replicate that. I, there's there's a part of me like right, okay, we maybe just want to get him involved in the first team and have him as a, a option off the bench. I wonder if it'd be more beneficial for him to have a loan spell in the second half of the season. And then in terms of Van Veen, kind of talked about his. Kind of his personal issues. That's why is that's why he could be available in, in in the summer. Sorry, in 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 January. And then you also weigh into you kind of consider the fact that finishing third is is again massive this season, where it gets you into gets you into Europe. And Van Veen is 
proven in the in the Scottish Premiership, as uh, as Dan uh, Dan says as well. He's a proven goal scorer, and he just is hmm. something that Hearts don't really have at the moment because of his physical presence and he does different things to Boyson, um, Boyson and, and Shankland. And uh, yeah, and he's from uh, Eindhoven as well. As I just think there is, um, I think there's a lot of merit in going after Van Veen. No, I do as well. I mean, I think you make a good point about Mackenzie Kirk and that it's a, it's a very, very big jump to make. I mean, if, if Hearts had signed tomorrow, signed somebody from the championship, who'd scored 20 goals so far this season in the championship, People would be reluctant about throwing them into the the, the starting mm. lineup. You know, that's just you know that's a comparatively small gap. So yeah, I think I think that's a fair point, and you're right. You know, maybe it is the point. Maybe if he's getting to the stage where he's scoring scoring for fun in the Lowland League, perhaps it is time for a loan move, one or two rungs up the ladder. You know, so just yeah, just on that, because I think he's been on the bench. He was I think he was up, he was on the bench up at Ross County, and then uh, he's been on the bench a couple of times. I think. Hearts might be considering why he's, if fans are wondering why he's not been coming off the bench uh, in, in games is that if they played him, I, I think it's maybe five games. If he played five first team games, then he wouldn't be able to go out on uh, on loan or play for another team. And I wonder if they'll just they're hanging hanging fire to mm. January and then reassessing it. And then if he's still here for January, then that's a great option for him to 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 come and play in the first team and and, and have games. And there's also the fact if you play certain number of games in the first team, then you're not able to go back to the B team. So it's um it's that balancing act. But definitely it's he's one to one to keep an eye on and see how he develops. Before we move on, we've got uh, there's we talked about a right back and I think that makes plenty of sense. I think hearts of uh, hearts are looking at certain options at the moment in terms of bringing in a right back and something we, we noted when we were talking about the different formations is that at the moment it's been a bit Difficult because there's not a standout option at right back or right wing back. Yeah, I think I think most fans can see that. Um, you know, I think that to be honest, in recent weeks, Alan Forrest had been doing pretty well in that role. Again, he provides that out ball, and you know, we've spoken a lot about how that's really important. The fact that compared to, for instance, Sibuk, if he's playing at right wing back, he, he can get out of the park and he can advance. He's a bit more attack minded, which is all grand. But as we've also seen in the last two games, you know, both in the game against uh, St Johnston at the weekend there. And at um, Fir Park the week before as well, Forrest does have his deficiencies, particularly in defence. You know, he's not uh, the most defensively savvy. He can get caught out of position at times. Sometimes he makes the wrong decision to go to, towards the ball when he should be standing off his marker. And, you know, in both those games, he ended up subbed by the remark, which I, kind of, I think was quite telling. I think in both times, it was the only surprise was probably that it hadn't happened sooner, if I'm being honest. I think, you know, both times he was struggling a fair bit. Then the other option, of course, is Civic, who, yeah, he is uh, defensively, he's a far stronger presence on the ball. You know, he's, he's more athletic, but again, he's not a natural attacker. He doesn't look particularly comfortable breaking forward in at the final third. You wouldn't really trust him to, you know, beat a man and then drill a low cross into the box or something like that. You don't really see him doing too much of that. See, so, yeah, I think it's an area where right now, basically, Hearts have got one kind of. Uh, Defensively minded right back, and they've got one attack minded right winger. Mm-hmm. And they're, basically yeah. trying, they're both taking turns of trying to do the job, which requires a wee bit of both. And basically, they can both do one side of it, but probably struggle with the other one. That's kind of my take on it all. Yeah, so let's move on to talking about something we wrote uh, today on heartstandard.co.uk about the so basically pitched idea that look 
since the Jonathan Johnson game, I was thinking about what the best the best system is, the best personnel that that fit within that, and then we had the decision who argues four two three one, who argues a back three. Mm. I drew I drew this uh, the shorts off of a back four and James uh, a back three. So we'll each talk about kind of what we wrote, and then I'll uh, I'll come in at the end and say why I also think a back three is the the, the best certainly in the in the short to medium term. So, James, you wrote about the back three and why why it suits Hearts the best. Get, talk me through what your what your conclusions were, positive and positive and negative. Yeah, so um so I mean the, the obvious place to start is the fact that the next centre half on the pitch tends to make you a bit more secure at the back, obviously. You know, just um just our presence alone makes life difficult hard for the uh, Makes life hard for the opposition to try and get it through if they're there when normally there isn't somebody there. Combine that with the number six that we've been seeing in recent weeks with Beningame sitting in front of that back three as well. Basically, just means attacking through central areas gets you doesn't get you very far at all against this Hearts team. You know that's obviously something that's quite good. You know you're forcing all your opponents to attack out wide where they're less likely to score, they're less dangerous. That's where you want to be conceding attacks from. It's probably the flanks rather than centrally because that's a much more forgiving position to <laughs> try and defend from so yeah i think that's very good i think as well the it does certainly give uh i think the structure itself gives hearts a lot more control particularly during uh building out uh from the back when we're starting up attacking phases of play there however the if it's with one of the three center backs or with beningamy there's always there, there should normally be uh, a few options close by that they can play a short simple pass to now that's not always the case, as again, as we saw against St. Johnson on Friday on uh, last weekend there. Uh Frankie Boyle was uh, Frankie Boyle? God. <laughs> <laughs> not quite. Uh Frankie Kent was obviously afforded a lot of space on the ball. And fair play to St. Johnson, they got their marking in their shape, right? They made the, they kind of cut off lots of passing lanes and made life difficult for hearts. But generally that's that's been quite rare. That's not happened too often so far this season. Um so these are the kind of plus sides, I suppose, but then the negatives, and then this won't come as a shock to anyone, is the fact that it slows things down. There's no getting away from it. Um, you know, Hearts don't have pacey direct wingers playing out, playing out wide. You know, they're not going to be able to get in behind at pace. That doesn't really happen. E- equally, when you look up front, I mean, the last couple of games, it's been Liam Boyce and Lawrence Shankland. Again, in that, in that shape, these are the only two players who can really theoretically get in behind and you look at it, and there are two places occupied by Boyce and Shankland. Neither of them are, you know, that's not really either of their games. You know, now don't get me wrong, I think they've both played well in the last couple of games. I think they've both done well against the Johnson, both did well against Motherwell. But again, it's just it's a different way of attacking that just leaves it, you know, just means you can't really do that anymore. So I think there, I think just in terms of the shape itself, there's a couple of kind of caveats that come with it. But then I think when you look in terms of individuals, there's, there's just some players that definitely suits better. I mean, I think Kai Rose, for one, Definitely looks more comfortable in a back three. Yeah, uh, I actually think it, it brings the best out of Frankie Kent as well. Yeah. I think he looks better in terms of uh, his defensive work. Mm-hmm. Alex Cochran's another one who um, definitely does better in a, in a wing back role as opposed to a full back role. He, you know, gets him to get in the final third. That's where he's good. Um, it frees up uh, Lowry in the number ten position. That's always good. He needs lots of space, and that's, that's the way to get him it. So there are a few players that um, Beningham is another one as well, actually, come to think of it. And number six, again, brilliantly suited to do that job. Um, okay, you could obviously do it at a back four as well, but it probably works better with the back five. So there are definitely um, 
a lot of good reasons to maintain it. But at the same time, it's hard to get away from the fact that um, it's not the most exciting football in the world to watch. It can, you know, creating chances in the final third can be a bit of a slog at times. It's certainly not fast. But at the same time, it provides a really solid platform to build on. And certainly in recent weeks, Hearts have been winning when they deploy it as well, which makes me think it's it's hard to hold your nose too much if it's working, you know? Yeah, so I may as well just come in on the, the, the back three just now and just preparing a, an article for t- uh, tomorrow to go up on the site. And it's about Hearts' defensive improvement this season compared to last season. I mean, the, the it's it's... I knew it was better and a little more solid, but looking at the it's the stats really back that up and the, the just the defence or the team as a whole are defending much higher up the pitch. They are disrupting the opposition a lot more, which are two really encouraging aspects. We have that control we have with the ball is a very good defensive mechanism as well, as well as mm-hmm. having uh, trying to kind of penetrate the opposition. But I've also noticed with digging in within this season that the defensive performance has gone up in other level that we switched to the back three and and since the since the Rangers games we played four games, one three of them, it's probably helped that uh, the they were two two were at home against um lesser size Livingston and, and St Johnston. But again, you have to beat what's uh, what's in front of you. Mm. I do agree that the the balance of it suits it suits the majority of the back the back line. Like you, I think Frankie Kent's really good in that central central defensive area as a kind of sweeper stopper. And then you've got the, the kind of protection of Beningame both with the ball and without it. You've written about the midfield makeup and about Devlin, Beningame and, and, and Lowry. And I know in the article today you, you you opted for that three with Boyce and Shankland in attacking. As well as so you've got the issue with right wing back. We've talked about that, but mm. my issue is further forward where you need someone with pace to go in behind. You need someone to stretch the game and that's where I think... You, so that's what that's what Tagal was, was, was signed for. He was a replacement for Ginelli. Not as quick as Ginelli, but he provides similar qualities to Ginelli in that he wants to run in behind. He was signed as a striker. It's just not happened for him yet. He could he could come good. That's uh, He's got time on his side. Um, and yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it's, not, it's not fair to judge him yet. I mean, he's barely played. You know, yeah. like... But there's what yeah, came off against St Johnston earlier in the season. Yeah, came off the bench against Thistle as well. You know, aside from that, I'm struggling to remember him playing much at all. You know, so it's, you know, I don't think anyone's had a chance to judge him yet. So yeah. might, you know, who knows? Like maybe he gets a run of games next month because obviously we know there's going to be lots of games coming up. They're going to be coming thick and fast. There's going to be changes you're going to have to rely on the squad. Maybe he gets a few games and all of a sudden he looks to be real deal. Who knows? You know, um, so he's definitely a potential option there, I think. Yeah, and I think that's that's important to have that option, whether it's Vargas or Tagawa, even Oda, to be able to stretch the opposition. We saw that against St. Johnson, players coming to the ball. And that's where I think the big question mark or dilemma for Naismith is, if that's the case, then you, I think it's either between Lowry and Boyce, if you play mm. a mid, midfield, um, a 3-5-2. I've, I'm a big fan of Lowry, but I think Boyce is so important. He's just such an influential player, such an intelligent player that I think you look at him and think he can perform that that kind of left-sided centre midfield role, which is a bit more advanced attacking. Mid. He's an intelligent player to uh, to get the best out of it. Naismith talk, talked about his, his best work now is away from goal. So I think you kind of move him deeper. You have Shankland and then you have someone like Vargas or Tagawa Roda in the final third as well to be able to to be able to stretch the stretch of play. 
Yeah, I mean that might that might be will be what happens. I mean, obviously we've seen Vargas on occasion. I'm sure he's played as one of the two strikers and with the back three. I'm, I'm sure he's done it before, but um, I guess he's maybe not entirely seized his chance or entirely convinced when he's done it. But again, this is a, a, it's quite similar to Tagawa. This is a guy signed in the summer from all across the other side of the planet. You know, he's still adapting, still getting used to it. And with Vargas as well, he's also been asked to do a lot of different roles and mm. different things in every game he's played. He's, he's, he's very rarely played the same position for like three or four, three or four games in a row. So again, yeah, Vargas is definitely someone who could potentially fill that role. Oda, I'm not entirely convinced about. And I guess that that's the one thing uh, to hold against the the three five two is that I don't really know how Oda fits into that team. I don't, yeah, I don't, know, I don't yeah. know if he does, to be honest. And I, I, I'm a big Oda fan, so that, that kind of makes me a bit sad. But um, I, I don't think he has a natural fit in there. Equally, in the same way that I think if you do, if Hearts go out and do sign a right wing back in the summer, in the January window, sorry. I don't know how you, if Alan if uh, Alan Forrest has got much of a, a a natural fit within that team either. If you know if he gets bumped into second order in that position, it'll be it's interesting to see what the what's the kind of future holds because Naismith wants uh, preference was the back four and uh, it seems just seems that the squad at the moment is caught between that back three that Nielsen wanted and the back four that Naismith wanted. Mm. There's uh, there's reason that we have flipped to the back three because that, that that Celtic game. Uh, but let's move on to the the, the back four. Just um, Craig, uh, he mentioned something we talked about at this point with the impact that Tagawa had, but he still thinks we need to bring in a strike, uh, another striker, even if we keep uh, Shanks, Shankland. Yep, yeah, I think we're both we I think we're both in agreement that probably Hearts do need uh, another option in in attack to take the pressure off pre- pressure off uh, Tagawa, expectation of Tagawa. But moving to the back four, the I think so. This is where I looked at it in terms of the positive. This is where you can get it's easier to get more pace and maybe width in the team mm. higher up the pitch. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. You play, you can play, you could if you wanted to play, you could you could play Shanklin, Lowry, and Boyce in as three of the four with Oda, Vargas, or Forrest stretching to play both vertically and horizontally as, as a right winger. But it would involve Boyce playing as a number 10, and then you'd want Lowry almost what playing like Barry Mackay did last season, the season before, where he's come, he's, he's playing uh, wide left, but coming in from the left, getting the ball, dribbling, looking to create create chances. Mm. He's capable of that. Then, But then the issue is that you don't have pace through the centre of the pitch, but you've got uh, pace wide. So that's, then there'd be a pressure on Fargas or Oda or Forrest to come in field and stretch and play. You could also take the big decision, not play Lowry, and then have Odin Vargas either side or Odin Forrest or Vargas, so two of the three that would allow you to attack um, attack from wide, stretch teams and have much more pace in the final third. But then I think you'll lose a bit defensively. I don't think mm. the starts are defensively sound when you lose the ball in the back four. I think because there's a... When, when Hearts have so much possession, the full-backs naturally push up and join in and then when possession is lost, it's easy, easier for teams to be direct and get the get at uh, Frankie Kent and Kai Rolls. And Rolls struggled at times, start the season back four, where teams were direct and physical and got the ball forward quickly. And then in the like the midfield, if you play Benny and like for example Benny and Devlin, there's a real pressure on them to work as a unit. To, to so that they're uh, they're not disjointed or there's big gaps between the uh, two and then you've obviously got the right back situation where 
in my article, I suggest he's Stephen Kingsley. <laughs> um, it's not ideal, but mm. then again, Hearts go back, go back what now, um, 10 years, and uh, Hearts, when Robbie Nielsen emerged, they had Alan Mabry as a right back, they moved him to left back, I think it was after Stefan Mahi left the club. So there's, it's not a, it's not a completely unique situation, but yeah, my conclusion was better with a back three at the moment. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Like, I think having, you know, being able to play in more than one shape or system is massive. You know, absolutely yeah. vital in the modern game. You know, you, you have to do it. And, you know, so particularly having a couple of systems where they are kind of different in terms of the uh, the way in which the team uh, attacks or the way in which the team defends, I think that's good. I think that's good because you know, it means that if there is a game where you know, you start off at the back three and you're needing a goal and you need to raise the tempo and change things up, you do have that in your back pocket. Equally, if you are at a game where maybe you're two 0 up with half an hour to go, you just want to see it out and you just want to make sure it's nice and calm, and you start with the back four. Maybe you bring you switch to the back three, bring on the next defender to slow things down, gain that control. And you know, so I, you know, I think yeah, we'll see that a lot. I mean, to be fair, particularly at the start of the season, uh, I think we saw that a lot more often. Was there's a lot of change in in game between systems. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of times where they'd start off with a back in a four two three one, for instance, and they'd switch to a back three during the match towards the end of it or something like that. So I think that's something that we'll probably will see a lot more of. But again, it's just it's nice having those two different distinct styles, different ways of attacking, different ways of defending. Because you know, as Nate Smith says a lot, and I think he's right. You know, a team, different teams do throw up different problems. You know, like you know, the certain you know different teams will have different strengths and weaknesses, and you need to plan accordingly. You know, there there are very few teams in you know, in Europe basically that get to decide. Oh, Joe, we play this way, and everyone else adapts to us. So, some there are a handful of teams in the continent that get to do that. Hearts aren't one of them, and that's mm. okay. That's fine. You know, most teams aren't one of those teams, and that's all right. So again, it's about having to be a yeah. You can have your you can have your principles of play. You can have stuff like this is how we want to play, no matter what the shape is, no matter what the system is, this is the kind of thing that we want to do. That's fine. But you know, you do need that flexibility there. You do need that because again, that's just the way of the modern that's the way of modern football. If you don't have that flexibility, you're going to get left behind. I mean, you know, look at um I don't know, like you know, Brendan Rogers' results for Celtic in Europe where it's just, you know, it's just car crash after car crash and against because you know they're trying to play the same way as same with under branch boss to Colgo at Celtic. You know, you can okay, you can play like that in Scotland and it's great, but if you do that in Europe, you're gonna get punished. You know, and it's that sort of thing where yeah, like, you know, you need to be have a um prag it needs to be a bit of pragmatism in there, I think. And that means that uh yeah, that means not being quite as idealistic and saying, no, no, this is how we play in, you know, to hell or high water for anyone that disagrees with it. You know, that's just not the way the world works anymore in football. Yeah, absolutely. I, t- I totally agree. And I, I mean, that only that only strengthens that flexibility, that versatility, and the being able to adapt only strengthens when the, Nathaniel Atkinson is fit, when Barry Mackay is mm. fit, when Craig Halk is fit. There's, <laughs> there's three. Argue- I, I was just going to say, so I, do, I do think that's one of the great benefits of this Hearts squad. I know I'm talking about that every team has to do it, but Hearts are very good at having personnel that can, you know, that can swap in between between shapes and systems mm. and during the game. And they're all they all seem quite happy and comfortable doing it, and that's not always the case. I think, like you know, particularly within the context of Scotland, at least, I think Hearts are one of the better teams at doing that. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I think that I think they do seem well drilled. They do seem quite to have a pretty decent idea of how they want to play within two different, two or three different distinct styles, which I think is pretty good. I think that is impressive. And again, if you've got that adaptability, you've got that flexibility, you're shooting yourself in the foot if you're not using it. You know, it's one of the great bonuses. It's a great 
bonus is a great like kind of weapon in your arsenal. Like use it because mm-hmm. you're better than other teams at it. Absolutely. And on that note, on that positive note, we'll end it there. Thank you very much, James. Thank you very much for those who have commented and we appreciate when you do get in touch and we'll always try and read out uh, questions or answer them as uh, as they come in. Another reminder that the heartstandard.co.uk have an option on, uh, a, option, a subscription offer on at the moment where you can get the a year's access for £10. It will run out on Friday where we'll revert to full price. So if you are interested in uh, coming aboard, then this is the time to do it. You can... Uh, you can get access to all the all the content, exclusive interviews, in-depth features, tactical and statistical analysis, uh, plus a lot more, including all the latest news and coverage from match days and press conferences. But until Friday, I think when we will have a quick catch-up on Friday morning, looking ahead to the trip to Rugby Park on Saturday. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope the rest of your week goes well. You too, James. Thank you. <laughs>